This is a GRDC podcast. Well, I'm on the road again in WA, this time heading down to Kojanup, where I'm going to have a look at some trials of flax, or lidseed as it's known. Now, there's a bit of a history in WA of growing flax, but not a great history, and, and certainly not recent, and I don't think growers would know a lot about it. But these are serious trials because they're looking at flax as a serious contender as an additional break crop in the system. So I'm off to meet Bronwyn Copestake, who's a researcher at Southern Dirt, to find out all about linseed, growing it and how to sell it. Well, Bronwyn, thanks very much for taking me out to this trial site. Just as I mentioned in my intro, flax has been grown in WA well, quite some time ago now. So why was it dropped? Why did they stop? Yeah, you're quite correct. Flax was grown in the um, Boyup Brook area and in this area until about 1965. And that's when the Boyup processing mill closed down. And it was closed down because it became cheaper to grow it and to process it overseas rather than in Australia. And at that stage it was grown for its fibre rather than for its seed. Okay, so I'm assuming then that there's uh, other uses for it now apart from fibre? Absolutely. Over here we're now concentrating rather on the seed side of things. The fibre will be a secondary product. Okay. Alright, well we'll talk about the trial uh, itself in, in just a minute. but. Does flax really sort of suit the WA's sandier soils? It does suit the WA sandier soils. Like I said, it was grown successfully for a number of years, um, like I say, back in the 60s and um, prior to that. So yes, it is well suited to our soils here. So you can apparently get quite good yields offered in these dry land cropping conditions with our soil types. All right, well, let's have a look at the actual trials uh, themselves. What have you done with the trials? Okay, we've got three trial sites that have been invested in by GRDC and here we're looking at two different flax varieties which are Croxton and Glenelg. They're two of the currently available commercial varieties. We have three times of sowing, we have three seeding rates of 35, 40 and 45 kilos per hectare and we also have three N application rates. So we have 162 small plots here in front of us. Fairly extensive smallpox, right? It is fairly expensive, and like I say, this is one of three. Okay, so just describe the plant. It it's, it's very, looks very fragile to me. <laughs> it, um, I guess it does in many respects. It is a dicotyledon plant, and it just comes up from a, a single-stemmed plant, but it is, is actually quite robust. I'm not sure what you would compare it to, say, in the gardening world. <laughs> uh, well, a flower, I suppose. I mean, it looks like a flowering... Well, it is well, a flowering it is, plant. It is a flowering plant, I guess. Yeah. It, has, it has lovely um, flowers on it, so it looks like something that you'd plant in your garden yeah. for your um, spring flowers. It, it looks very quite soft. The, the yes. leaves are very looking yes. very soft. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Does it stand like these open conditions it's quite windy here today how does it go in wind and a lot of moisture and not a problem at all it copes with our wind exceptionally well it can cope with waterlogging relatively well as well as long as it doesn't stand in water for a long period of time it can also i understand tolerate a little slight degree of salt but not a great deal it doesn't enjoy frost mornings so much but who does ah, right, yeah. um, so okay. we can get a little bit of burning off of the tips with frosting it doesn't kill it it just tends to brown it oh okay so i mean if it's a savage frost would that 
affect it more? Well, that's what these trials are here for, to find out whether it will affect its ability to set seed if we get a late frost. Mm -hmm. um, but like I said, at this stage, this um, site here has had several frosts on it, and you can see it's now growing through any frost damage that was here earlier. So potentially, it, it won't be a long-term problem with it, but it may dictate where our seeding window is, okay. um, so we can try and avoid frosts if we find out that it is a problem. Right, okay. You're trialling this to grow it as a break crop, that's where it would really become quite valuable to growers. Yep, absolutely. We have a, a very a, a monoculture and very sort of narrow rotational system here in this area of Western Australia. So we desperately need a crop that is not within the same family as our current major crops so that we can get um, disease control and also to help with weed control. What about disease itself on this plant, on the flax plant? Is it uh, susceptible to any particular disease? Uh, yes, it is susceptible to particular diseases. Over in the eastern states where they have grown it more regularly, they've found it susceptible to some of the damping off diseases and susceptible to Fusarium oxysporum. Some of the newer varieties are more resistant to these diseases. All right. Your trials, as you say, you've got a couple of different varieties. Is that because you're basically not sure which variety would suit best. Yep, absolutely. And also because at this stage there's really only two commercial varieties available. Oh, okay. Which are these two ones. Right. Of course it all comes down to yield I suppose in terms of all that. What are your expectations there? Well it would be great if we could yield around about a tonne, a hectare. Over in Victoria they can get 1.25 to 1 1.5 tonnes in dry land and obviously considerably more if they irrigate. What about the management of a crop, like from sowing right through to harvest? Well, I imagine it is quite different for growers. It'll be a different experience. It will be a different experience. And once again, that's a learning experience for us at the moment as well. So from these trials, we will try and establish the best time of sowing to start off with. It needs to be sown quite shallow because it is a very small seed. Mm. So really um, 10 to 15 mils is as deep as you want to be. Grass control is very important, um, or any weed control is very important. As we were talking about the type of plant earlier, it's sort of thin and wispy in its growth habit. Yeah, yeah. Um, so weeds can outcompete it. So weed control prior to seeding and then post-emergent is important yeah. so that you can get the best out of it and it um, doesn't get out-competed. So planting density would be something you'd have to be very careful about? Yes, yes, yep, that's correct. It is also susceptible to um, various insects if they're around. Heliothus can be an issue if it's a bad season for it and that just depends on the year. Yeah, yeah. You said to me earlier you've been checking this every couple of weeks and you've not seen any damages at no, this stage? No, we haven't had any insects problems with them. Before the first time of sowing, insecticides were applied across this entire site, so we've had no issues with insects. Red legs have been bad in this area this year, but they haven't affected our trial sites. So it just um, it's one of the things that will need to be done is to um, control your insects before seeding okay. and to keep an eye on the crop. And what about harvesters? Is there any special requirement there <laughs> yes. or you don't know yet? Do no, you? no, we don't know. And these small plots we will just harvest conventionally with a small plot harvester in conjunction with Calix who has been seeding and managing these trial sites. But swathing and then harvest tends to be the way that you go. Now there is some talk that this harvest has to be done at quite a critical point where the stem moisture is at the right level and so forth so that it'll actually feed through harvesters. Yeah. But once again we'll establish this as we, yeah. um, as we go through these trials. Yeah well so, so there's 
obviously a bit to learn in terms of how you fit it into your yes. system. Yes, there is you know, things that we need to learn, but we have all the equipment available on farms already to be able to grow okay. and harvest this crop. So there's nothing new that we need to have in our, you know, our farming repertoire or our machinery repertoire to be able to grow and successfully manage this crop. Just getting your timing right, I suppose. It's just getting timing right and um, understanding the best practices yeah. for it. Yeah. So what do growers do with it once they grow it? Okay, well over here at the moment in Western Australia we don't have a market so a part of this trial will be the development of a supply chain as well. The markets will not be for the fibre side of it, like I said earlier this is for the seed and the markets that we will be targeting are sort of for the nutraceutical markets because of the high omega-3 that's found within the seed of these plants. We'll also be looking at cold pressing it for the linseed oil and the benefits that you can get from the linseed oil. A byproduct of that will be the linseed meal. Now that has a very high protein content of around 35 to 40%, so that can be used for stock feed, a really good source of nutritious stock feed. So say for cattle feedlots, feedlotting sheep, poultry, and it can also be potentially used as a feed source for the aquaculture industry as well. Okay, is it a, a niche market that you would be going into? Yes, it is more of a niche market at this stage. It's more of that um, like a nutraceutical health food um, sort of market that is becoming very sort of dominant in our buying patterns these days. Mm. Of course, you know, at the end of a day is the bottom line. It's the profitability of growing the crop. What's your reading at this stage of that? I think the potential is definitely there. At the moment, Australia imports most of their flax seed. So there's definitely room to develop our own domestic market for it. And it is a growth food product for you know all, all the uses that we've just described. So as long as we can get yields that make it profitable to grow on the farm, then I think we definitely you know, have a potential new industry or a potential reinvigoration of a past industry. Yeah, okay. Well, look, thank you so much for bringing me out here to show me this. I've not seen this plant before. It's been really interesting to see it and find out all about it. Thank you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to show you the flax site. Bronwyn Cobstake from Southern Dirt at Cogenup and GRDC has invested in the agronomy portion of the trials that Bronwyn has just described. So far so good with the flax plant growing once again in WA. My name is Chris Brown.